Ladies and gentlemen, start your stopwatches because you're listening to The Dispatches on the Clock. And in this episode, you'll get to hear a special preview snippet from our brand new podcast show, Conservations. Conservations is a monthly interview show where we bring on guests to have an in-depth discussion about a specific topic or to hear their personal story. You're about to hear a preview snippet from this month's show, but if you want to listen to the full 85-minute episode, all you have to do is become a patron with $5 or more per month at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. If you do that, not only will you get exclusive access to every single monthly episode of this brand new Conservations interview show, but you'll also get exclusive access to our full-length current affairs commentary podcast, The Dispatches, every Monday and Wednesday. That's right, two exclusive patrons-only commentary podcasts every single week. But wait, because there's more. You'll also get exclusive access to the audio-only podcast version of our brand new monthly video show called Movies That Matter, which takes an in-depth look at a different film each month and the major cultural, philosophical and religious themes that it contains. Now, anyone can watch the YouTube version of that show, but only our patrons get exclusive access to the audio-only podcast version each month as well. And just in case that wasn't enough, as a patron, you'll also get early access to all of our written articles. That's usually five to seven days before we make them freely available to the public on our website. All of this awesome content for just $5 per month at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. That's right, the cost of a cup of coffee gets you more than 12 hours of new and exclusive Left Foot Media content every single month. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is in today's show notes. In the meantime, please enjoy this preview snippet from our brand new monthly interview show, Conservations. Welcome to Conservations, the podcast which got its name by literally combining the words conservative and conversations, which is exactly what happens on this show every month. Each episode, we host a conversation with at least one other guest where we go in-depth on a topic or hear about their experiences on this journey we all share together called life. The aim of this show is to foster and promote dialogue which cultivates goodness, truth and beauty, and in doing so, unpacks the richness of the authentic conservative tradition. My hope is that you'll find these conservative conversations intellectually engaging and enriching, and that they will draw you ever more deeply into an authentic, truly flourishing, and more meaningfully lived human experience. In this month's episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Peter Holmes and Dean Muscheski about the topic of masculinity. Dean is a theologian and communicator from New Zealand. He is married to Julie and is the father of nine children. He works full-time in management in the New Zealand electronics industry, and he has a bachelor's degree in manufacturing engineering along with a master's degree in theology. He enjoys studying the intersection of Christian apologetics, church history, scripture, science and philosophy and has been active as a communicator in this space for more than 25 years now. Dean is also an athlete. His sporting interests include canoe polo where he represented New Zealand at two world championships, functional fitness where he has competed internationally as a masters athlete, powerlifting and historical European martial arts. Dr. Peter Holmes is a theologian and university lecturer from Australia. He is the married father of eight children and one grandchild. 
He has a Bachelor of Theology, a Graduate Diploma of Ministry, a Master's Degree in Theology, a Graduate Diploma in Theology specialising in Marriage and Family, and a PhD in the Theology of Masculinity. He was trained and served as a Lutheran minister before working in counselling, consulting and teaching roles within the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne and Sydney. Since 2007, Peter has lectured in Scripture, Theology and Biblical Languages. So without any further ado, let's have this month's profoundly important conservative conversation, which I have rather cheekily titled, What is a Man? Well, chaps, let's just jump straight into it, shall we? And I think a topic that really shouldn't be, but has become so controversial, probably because of politicization, I think, primarily. But on the one side, I really have a great sense of trepidation, particularly for my son as he grows, and for a lot of young men trying to navigate the absolute, uh, I don't know, the gauntlet of what is masculinity, what does it mean to be a man in the world? And it seems on one side you've got these sort of influences like the, the, I guess the old school promiscuous male, you know, get as many female trophies as you can and that's what makes you a man or the sort of perhaps thuggish type excesses, the barbarism of of, of masculinity or the macho sort of excess, if you like, uh, the new phenomenon of incels, you know, involuntary (laughs) celibates and and they're very hostile often the way they speak about females. It's kind of a real tragic um, nihilism and pessimism to it. And then on the flip side, you've got the 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 men who uh, feel like almost like masculinity traders. My, my my masculinity is my original sin, and and I'm sorry for every man in the world. And and then on top of all of that, as if that wasn't enough, it's it feels like a lot of the men who have run the gauntlet, our age and older, I feel lucky enough to have run the gauntlet already with a good dad, pretty simple kind of guy, and I'm married with kids of my own now. Um, but a lot of those guys, for whatever reason, aren't, they feel like silent. Maybe they're a bit embarrassed themselves. They don't know. Maybe they feel they should be sorry for their masculinity, so they don't speak up as much. There's not much mentoring happening. Hmm. And it just feels today that it's a a heck of a challenge to be a bloke. Is that a fair assessment? I would say so. uh, Even some of, well, we'd like to think we're balanced and everyone thinks they're the middle of the road. Oh, absolutely. When it, whenever you ask someone, they're yeah. oh, middle of the road and everyone else left or right of me is extreme. Yeah. But um, I've been kicked out of theological conferences because I am oppressing people before I've opened my mouth because wow. I, I'm a male. Yeah. Um, I've and So that actually happened to you? Oh, absolutely, wow. yeah. I, <laughs> that's not the only conference I've been kicked out of <laughs> before yeah. I said anything. But, um, yeah. But yes, it happens, and there is a presumption that um, it has to be said. Often, it comes from a place of deep hurt, where someone's been hurt by a very poor example of masculinity. Yeah, um, and it also has to be said that even good men have failed to stand up against that and call it out and yeah. say, no, you may not treat women this way. You may not treat children this way. You can't be that kind of parent because we've had such a private um, focus on family in the Western world that we haven't really held each other accountable in the same way. Yeah. Now, I can't speak to other cultures, but there's there we have to admit that there's been a problem there. And when people are that hurt, of course, they back off yeah. from men and then... And we make this mistake, and I think it's a trick of the devil, actually, to pit two goods against each other. Yeah. And and where one has, like, if I can take a step back and say that the solution 
for something being abused is not to get rid of it, but to do it right. Yeah. So the solution to a bad father is train good fathers. Yeah. You know, the solution to infidelity is to is fidelity, yeah. and it. But it seems like everyone just wants to throw out everything that doesn't work, and it's true. The, you, the stereotypes you mentioned aren't stereotypes for for mm -hmm. a random reason. There, there's a lot of guys in my childhood when I grew up were living exactly that way, um, and we didn't call them out. And um, maybe it's time for us to make a stand on that and and actually start holding ourselves to standards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we've been blessed with good dads. Um, I mean, one of the things I realized sort of early in my parenting c career um, <laughs> was, man, I need to get in touch with my parents and say thank you, right? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize um, I didn't realize just the the sheer commitment that was involved until you have mm. to start doing it yourself. Um, but also just reflecting what you've been saying there and the the example that I had from my dad, um, without me realizing it, set me up on a less um, less dangerous trajectory than a lot of people have yeah. sort of found themselves on through no fault of their own. And it's only later that you that I've come to realize that. Um, but I definitely agree. If you if you take all the little all the elements of um, wrongness that Brendan was enumerating before, if you take them all away, there's nothing left, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so it's, it's like you're saying, Peter. The um, yes, very much so. The the answer to the problems is just undo the problems. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I think I think most people have a vision of what a good. I was going to say good manhood, but I think I think fatherhood is to drill down as the key to it, right? Most, most people have an ideal of, or, or, or a sort of some sort of mental picture of a. Yeah. A great dad. Yeah. You know? Well, well, is that a factor yeah. then? That, that if, if father is, and I, th I think fatherhood is essential. It's a very civilizing agent. Mm. Marriage and oh, really having kids is a civilizing agent. 100%. The most effective, ordinary means of civilizing a man is, is to make him a father of children. Yeah, yeah. And civilize but, the man, you civilize the culture. Now, right? the, the, the question is then, <laughs> has the loss of fatherhood, the fact that a lot of men aren't getting married, there's a lot of promiscuity, there's a lot less children being born in the world, is that a factor then when we think about we've got more single men who just sort of don't know what to do with themselves if you keep being single? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely a problem, but I think that part of the problem began before that. There are a lot of men in the position of fatherhood who didn't actually father. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot of absent fathers, we call them now, or mm. or even just emotionally absent fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's physically present, but not really present. Yeah, exactly. Present. Yeah. And, and there was a culture of dr driven men mm. who were taught, even by churches, that the way you're a good father is that you work till you die mm. and provide money for your family kind of thing or a good home or something. Uh, and we didn't emphasize the other, the relational elements of it and the moral education and, and the good example. Um, and so young kids grew up and it wasn't such a big deal when they were surrounded by other men and the church teach them and everything. But now the social media and movies and, mm. you know, you can't learn masculinity from John Wayne or Bruce Willis or I'm trying to think of a You're dating yourself, man. Yeah, I am. I, I'm thinking the same, the same people. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we are dating ourselves. But no, you can't. Hollywood as a whole, I mean, their objective is not to help people get to heaven, right? Mm. Their, their objective is to, I don't know, sell beer and shampoo or whatever. Yes. Right? Um, um, and with perhaps some other, some other um, smuggling, some other ideologies while they're at it, you know. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe their ideal is not to sell beer and shampoo because they do. They've been doing a lot of stuff lately that is <laughs> that is not appealing to anyone. You know, go woke, go broke. Well, I, uh, I'm going to push back on you a little bit there. So I think I think that our whole system, the capitalist system, means that everything's about the money because the people invest. They don't care about anything except getting more money back, mm. right? Mm. But someone has convinced them that woke things make oh, yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm hoping that they're doing right now is realizing actually this stuff doesn't sell. Yeah. And, that, and uh, you know, you watch some movies like the fact that, for example, Maverick's 
just blowing That's box right. office records yeah. out of the way. And it's about as cliche as you can get from the yeah. old school movies. Thoroughly enjoyable, by the way. Yeah, that's great. Great film. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was. Um, I, I think they're slowly learning those. So they did the same, by the way, with The Passion. They said to Mel Gibson, he was never going to sell that. It's never going to get anywhere. Yeah. And when it blitzed, a, a wave of kind of semi religious movies came out trying to get into the market. Yeah. But unless you're there, unless you're real, it doesn't work. Well, I think it's interesting. Even uh, the latest Avatar movie, Avatar 2, a lot of reviewers have said. It's actually quite refreshing because it's a strong father-led family. He's trying to keep his family safe, these little blue aliens, of course. But, and there's lots of cheesiness, but a lot of people said that was actually quite a positive distinction they saw. Mm. Um, and, and speaking of, because you mentioned John Wayne and mm. uh, Bruce Willis. I don't know if I'd put those two on a par, but I, I wonder if there's a balance here in a sense. I, I, I remember my life, my father was a big fan of the Western, right. and I have developed that uh, sort of love of Westerns myself. And I see, I know a lot of modern commentators have sort of critiqued the 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 sort of the um, the the John Wayne image of masculinity, but it's I toxic see, masculinity. As you yeah, get, yeah isn't and it? I feel you know I feel like there's a bit of a balance there. You, you don't want to be a man who doesn't know how to understand his interior life and express that when it needs yes. to be. But there is also a certain um, well, as men, we just got to get on with um, you know protecting, nurturing, hmm. doing the hard business for our families. There's always like a balance. And I feel like we're throwing it all out of kilter, it's, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're getting a little bit into, into a, this is not anything to do with my studies. It just, <laughs> I think that some movies sell because deep down in all of the men, there's still that little boy who thinks when he's looking at something, you know, if the super spy thing happened, I reckon I could handle yeah. myself. Yeah. And you, you want to feel like you yeah, could yeah. be that hero. Mm. And I think in, in part, I mean, as you said, John Wayne's got some toxic stuff attached to him and especially the way he deals with women in his movies yeah that's right yeah. but but having said that we've almost lost the good guys bad guys genre and we're not even thinking of ourselves as potential good guys anymore and that's actually a bit of a tragedy mm, yeah. so bruce wellis is this broken down yeah. like he plays this sort of stereotype typical broken down <laughs> completely wrecked person he's normally so, divorced too yes right? most movies right? or, or, or yeah. yeah or wrecking his relationships but just happens to be violent yeah. enough to get stop the bad guys plans <laughs> And it's almost like the bar for, you know, our aim to masculinity has come way down to that sort yeah, of level. Yep. Yep. It's almost Nietzschean too, right? He's the strong man who doesn't really put virtue as a priority, and and he also doesn't really care. There's no, <laughs> it's not like virtuous. He's like, you know, come to come to LA, John. You know, you have a good time. He's like, he's like, and here he is trying to stop terrorists, but he doesn't really want to be there. Yeah. There's no sense of I have a virtuous heroic quest. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's very odd in that way, right? It is odd. I, I want to. Um, just stand up for John Wayne. Just sing. Like, <laughs> only in the sense that when I when I say is as toxic as they come, kind of thing, I mean that with tongue in cheek because like that is the stereotype of toxic masculinity. Who's um, yeah. you know, but there's a you know, like you say the um, representation we get in the classic western is is not perhaps your perfect ideal of manhood, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, and that's mm. that's why it was such a was such a genre. Right. You know, it, well, it definitely appealed. No, lots of boys play cowboys and Indians, right? That's <laughs> yeah. right. And nothing sells unless it's triggering into something that we deeply yearn for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a worry looking at the modern movie. But, yeah, heck yeah. But having said that, um, there's still something like um, when they, like the Matrix, there's still something in being the one, the one yeah. who can actually save the day. There's still all of that sort of stuff there, which sells big 
you know, big money. Yep. So I think Hollywood still tries to tap in and they try to, they're still nodding in the direction of political correctness and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But I think that's a commercial, yeah. personal yeah. reason. Yeah, I agree. How, yeah. um, have either of you read Cormac McCarthy's The Road or watched the film adaption of no, it? No, I had started I, reading it, but found it really depressing. Oh, I mean, it is <laughs> so a hard bleak. read. So but bleak. It, I mean, if you, lo- if you know Cormac McCarthy, that's his, <laughs> he does bleak <laughs> like no one else. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, I love both the book. I couldn't put it down when I started reading it and the film adaption is very faithful to the book. And it's, I think it's, uh, interestingly, it's been one of the better um, sort of grapplings with masculinity. The, the protagonist is just called the father. His son is just called the boy. They never name them. Yeah. And the whole thing is a journey in a post-apocalyptic world where he's trying to teach his son virtue and bring him to safety before he dies. It's a beautiful metaphor with a lot of darkness in it, of course. But it, it, it's sort of interesting. We don't really get that deep grappling, I don't think, much more with with masculinity and what it means. I mean, even I think John Wayne, to a degree, was sort of trying to present an idea about what men should be. It feels like we don't even do that anymore, mm. in a sense. There are some glimpses, Aaron, now and then. Because one of my lectures, I say, I ask the students, name a sitcom or a drama series where there's a strong... Um, moral father figure mm. and most of them they're the butt of the joke right yep. yeah. so they're the, they're the fool and the wife is the, is the strong moral figure but a couple of them have pointed out places in movies like for example in the debatably <laughs> rated Superman movie Kevin Costner plays the father like the, the human father That's of right. um, Superman and there's a scene where he um, spoiler alert by the way switch off if you haven't watched it but <laughs> a scene where he's about to die and Instead of, for some reason, Superman can't be revealed at this point or something, but he actually deliberately stops mm-hmm. him from saving him and therefore sacrifices his own life for the sake of what Superman will do for the rest of the world. It's mm. a very strong self-sacrificing kind of fatherhood and mm. I, it's, it's difficult to find that, but it's yeah. there. Yeah, I'll throw another one in there, A Quiet Place. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this preview snippet of Conservations, our brand new monthly interview show. If you want to listen to the full 85 minutes of this episode, plus all of the other great episodes we've got coming up this year, all you have to do is become a patron with $5 or more per month at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. And everyone who signs up also gets access to the rest of our exclusive patrons-only weekly and monthly content that I mentioned at the start of the show. So that's patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is in today's show notes. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. And I will see you next time on The Dispatches. Thank you.